And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shaco Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is J-Will, and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Mondays, it's my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, oh, what's up? Well, we had a game. Last night, yeah. <laughs> I for weird reasons I decided not to watch live, um, and I made a very. Was it like decision. prime time for you though? Like, is it like seven o'clock? It was. Yeah, it was. But I mean, kids were away for the entire weekend. They mm. politely asked, "Hey, can we watch something together?" And yeah. that something together ended up like an hour after the beginning of the game. So, yeah. No, I yeah. will enjoy that yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. No, that's a good call. And I did. Primetime is actually a horrible time for parents, by the way. Yes. <laughs> like, if you have young kids. It's the worst. It's one of the worst times. Uh, yeah, yesterday, the, the Thunder beat the Suns in OKC, 124 to 120, uh, in a game where Shea put up 40 on 24 shots, zero threes, 16 of 19 from the free throw line. <laughs> He That's was, still not good. Let's not spin it in a in a good way. Uh, I mean, Shea has to take trees. I'm, but hey, hey, it's it is it's just wild that it is wild that he's putting up those kind of numbers without taking a three. So unconventional. Um, he's he is going to have to take threes, but it's pretty cool that he can go out and and do this against Phoenix. Who I mean, Phoenix was locked in. I'll tell you, from the beginning, that Suns team was mm-hmm. locked in. They wanted that game. They wanted to win that game. Booker was incredible. He had 46 himself. Chris Paul was good. He had some timely shots there. And, you know, they have enough, like, wing defenders, like Koji and Torrey Craig are, like, good wing defenders. Offensively, they, didn't, they don't bring a whole lot. You know, Ish Wainwright's the thickest dude in the league. Like doesn't make any sense, like how he's. I really don't understand player. that player. Like he's not very good. Um, he's yeah. just big and physical, honestly. And then they were just they were looking for anything, you know. They gave Landry Sham Landry Sham had been injured for a while. He's back, played twenty minutes. They tried Terrence Ross for fifteen, and he was kind of a microwave scorer, but just an absolute sieve on defense. They tried Damian Lee. They tried Campaign. They got Jacques Landell. Some moments, uh, known loser. Is he okay, by the way? After he got hit, he got in the like face. a ball in the back of his head. It's hilarious. It was uh, that was energy shaman. <laughs> Through that, it started a fast break 
actually it's it's hard to call it a fast break when Dario Saric is leading the break, but mm-hmm. started the break. Uh, Landell just gets they obviously had no they didn't even have eye contact no communication Landell's just going toward the paint and just gets the ball smacked him in the head and then <laughs> Sharich takes it down the court uh no loser TJ Warren however who I ran into in the hallway of the arena uh DNP CD for uh for that guy that's sad is it sad I don't know it's nah nah no it's fine uh I think these are the kind of players that they need to play in order to to win in the playoffs. Like these tough, gritty defenders around Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant. You know, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily need TJ Warren out there. I kind of rather have Terrence Ross out there. But anyways, big win for the Thunder. Yeah, it was a big win. And speaking of Phoenix, I mean, they they show that with Adrian and KD, they are incredible. I mean, OKC is a good team, and they played them very well yeah thanks to like an amazing Devin Booker um Dude. a very good version of Chris Paul yeah but if you think about the rotation in the playoff I think that the starters of tonight less Biombo, who is not going to play probably um yeah, Biombo's not good. plus KD and Aiden you have six and then I mean it's fine to have probably Payne and one between Shamit and Ross uh, yeah. as your and you see which one works yeah. night in and night out. And you have eight players. So that is that is what you need yeah. as a playoff team. Eight eight guys. And I think the Phoenix has at least eight. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it will be interesting. They will be very interesting to watch. If yeah. they click, it's it may be their year. Um, it could be. They kind of need yeah. it to be with the age of a guy like Chris Paul. And then... Yeah. They don't have a many. Well, you know, when you have KDM book, uh, you can probably buy yourself another year or two, um, even if Chris Paul doesn't resign. Uh, but if you, but but this year is the year because there is nobody who is really really um, clicking except for maybe sometimes the Clippers, maybe sometimes Denver. Yeah, uh, so in, in the West. The West can be theirs if they yeah. if they make a good run, um, they can really be the best team in the West. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. OKC okay, played a very very good game. I mean, I was really surprised by the grit, the cohesiveness, and it's. I mean, I, I think I, I discussed this with John on the last Dream Team show uh, on Saturday. The fact, the fact that. Games like the one in Toronto are very important lessons where yeah. you play uh, hard and you need a little bit more. And last night, they had that little bit more because Phoenix was rolling. They were down the entire game, much like Brooklyn, uh, against Brooklyn, I would say. A little bit worse because Phoenix played hard until, I mean, eight minutes to go, basically, nine minutes to go when Dignall finally decided to use the, the secret weapon. Um so it's yeah. I I really love this season for so many reasons, but the fact that they are able to learn on the fly and just adjust, and just be amazing for stretches. That fourth quarter run and also other parts of the game where they ramp up their defense were just wow. This yeah. is this is what it, it will be, and it's and it's amazing. Yeah, 
Yeah, Dort hits that three with 6.47 left in the fourth. That puts them up 102-103. And then the avalanche started, where yeah. Josh Giddy <laughs> Giddy gets an alley-oop from Shea, which is, is, which wow. is really funny. Uh, Isaiah Joe hits that three, and that was the like that was the moment, yeah, of the season so far. Was when Joe hit that three. I have not heard the arena that loud since Kevin Durant played for the Thunder. Oh wow! I think that there Russ's MVP season. The crowds were still pretty good, mm-hmm. but not like 2016 playoff good. Mm-hmm. The crowds throughout like the Russ era weren't quite as good. And mm-hmm. then definitely weren't what they should have been with the Chris Paul team. And then the crowds just like straight up haven't been good since the rebuild well, started. Yeah. Yeah. And there's reasons for that. Totally get it. But that was the loudest that I've heard the arena in a really long time. And, and and you were you were close to the to the court. Yeah. I felt different emotions on the court as well. Oh man, I'll uh, tell you the the way that they were behaving, the Thunder and even the Suns in the first half, it felt like oh okay, this game means a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. It it, it was something. I mean, um, to watch a team like OKC for the past two years. It was almost all like, yeah, it's practice with a little bit of something. I'm, I'm exaggerating. I mean, these are professional basketball players that have a mission is to win basketball games and to just play seriously and, and with all their hearts for 82 games. But it feels different yeah. when you see like a guy like Devin Booker arguing a call, like not with the, oh, okay, you need to give me this, but with the a mix of rage and fear and and like that is a real game that is a real game that booker is afraid to lose yeah and, and not. calls are important yeah and like it, it is different and, and the excitement after that joe tree was insane like mm. everyone was just over the roof and yeah. they were able to close it out i mean you can you can still lay an egg they're only up yeah. six with like five minutes left at that point. So it, it's, yeah. I mean, six points can be erased really fast. Um, yeah. Especially if you have a, if you play against a guy like Booker. Yeah. Who was eating everything, really everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yanni in the chat says he talks about pl- the playoff P game. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm taking away the playoffs. Like, yeah, the playoffs is one thing. Like, you, a crowd can get pumped up for the playoffs. But yeah. I'm talking about just like a regular season game. This is just kind of a like, there's no true like meaning behind beating the Suns, you know. Mm-hmm. You don't have we don't have to like talk the crowd up to to getting into a playoff game. This game against Phoenix was just like this is just a game, you know. This is just like a, yeah. a regular season game, a playoff game. Like duh, like a crowd is gonna show up. They're gonna get loud when things are important. But just your run of the mill regular season game i haven't heard it this loud since like the end of that 2016 regular season run um so yeah chris smith kd's return was crazy sure another one where it's like there's like external things brought in to like hype everything up i'm talking like 
just run of the mill crowd, normal. How how are the fans behaving? Yeah, you know, no, it, it, this game, and if you, even if you look at the game, um, like from this, let's say, looking at the schedule, see, okay, it's a game against Phoenix. Um, you don't expect it to be a game with a ton of rivalry into it. Yeah, there's not. Um, I mean, you got the Chris like, Paul element. Sure. Yeah, a bit, but it's but it's not it's it's nothing sour with Chris. Yeah, Paul. no, no, no. people cheered for him whenever yeah, he was yeah, announced. Yeah, they cheered the for Basley, who didn't show any emotion uh, when he heard uh, the cheers. Like it was just him just robotically looking at yeah. the, at the free throw line and, yeah, yeah. and whatnot. Hey, he played. But anyway, I was I was a little surprised he played. Yeah, I think that Monty just was desperately trying to to find anything. he was searching he was searching his bench yeah. for somebody yeah, yeah yeah let's see if base has it tonight and when you see i don't remember who scored on him first maybe isaiah joe, with the joe. So, yeah that's yeah. that's not this night okay. yep. yeah, yeah that's um but let's talk about the most important topic of last night i think which is um the using or rather the lack of uh, center minutes in yeah. the fourth, which yeah. led to which which is something that against Biombo and Lo- and York Landale you have to do. Yeah, but Both I still think that yeah, yeah, OKC without a center or with a shooter um, mm-hmm. can be incredibly dangerous. And and, and <laughs> Wicks were. was just oh man, I mean, come on, what? Why? Why is that guy not playing any minutes? <sighs> I know why. I do know why. I, I, I we, we discussed it many times. But, but when you see that, say, hey, you, you can't just not playing him. He's very, 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 very good. Yeah. And he can play any role you want. Like, do you want me to play center? Okay. Do you want me to play the four? Yes. Do you want me to play the two guard? Yes, I can. Yeah. Point guard, not so much. But yeah. hey, I can drive to the basket, do a spin move, and, and hit a shot anyway. Mm-hmm. The... The two on-ball steals were so crucial. They were oh, just yeah. looking for ways to manufacture points at that time. And the fact that he got those two on-ball steals, one that ended up in an and one, it was really important to that run. I mean, he's a plus eight in his 12 minutes. He put the whole fourth quarter basically safe for like a few seconds. I mean, he was the catalyst. And Shea even said it after the game, like, Wig saved us. He said that yeah. on TV after the game, and it did feel like the the tide just shifted when he came into the game because he could defend at a high level. He was generating points through steals and just playing solid defense. Like overall, he's just he's a guy that when they switch, and that's what they wanted to do. That's why they went small so they could switch because they had kind of blown up a lot of the base coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, with like Dort, and it's not even like this isn't Dort or Shea or J Dub's fault within any of it. It's just Devin Booker is better than any base coverage defense that you're going to throw at him, and so you're yeah, you're going to actually yeah, yeah go especially ahead. if you have a size gap. Yeah, I mean I'm convinced more and more that Lou Dort should be handle Chris Paul more often. I know that Chris is a different kind of player. Yeah, but I feel that if you need as much like similar to what you do with Shea. Um, you need to put size on Booker. Yeah, yeah. I think they wanted, they tried the physicality route with Dort, mm-hmm. and it didn't matter. I mean, no. Book was getting anything he wanted throughout the entire game. And when they switched it up at the end, 
when they were playing switch happy and basically once he hit mid-range they doubled mm-hmm. and that changed everything that changed i mean basically the thunder had just been giving him that that spot in the mid-range over and over again all game and then they just shut it off there at the yeah. end and it was really smart because i thought he got really comfortable getting to that same spot over and over again and when they shut it off he had to dish it to Wainwright in the corner and yeah. with his flat three that didn't go in you're, if you're the thunder whether that goes in or not you feel really good about that being the result of what you were yeah. doing and the reason they went to Wainwright in the first place was because they went small and this is just as a thunder observer through the years it is kind of weird to see teams adjusting to the thunder and it not the other way around. Because for how many years, Michele, did we watch the Thunderhead coach adjust to how the other team was playing? Over and over again. It was Scotty Brooks. And always late. Always late. It was Scotty Brooks and it was Billy Donovan. Both those guys, I, and I'm not trying to say they're bad coaches. I don't think either of them are bad coaches. They've both had a ton of success. Right now, the, the Bulls are a top five defense in the NBA. How are they? A top five defense? I have no clue. I think Billy Donovan has a lot to do with that. Yeah. However, you just didn't see this kind of adjustment being made by our team and then the other team adjusting around them. So I just thought it was interesting. And James Anderson in the chat said, we don't have a choice. We don't have any bigs. They have guys that are big that they could play, certainly. With JRE, with Sharich, with J. Will. They could have played any one of those three, and they did play all three of them during the game. But in the closing moments of the game, they basically went with all wings. No, they, for way more than that. Uh, they played, I think, eight minutes without any center. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they played Jerry in spots, but Jerry's whatever. Um, yeah. So I I don't think the talent gap between Wiggins and Sharich or Jay Will is huge. Like, these are player in the same yeah i would say tier of players yeah they are rotations so. rotation players yeah i mean if you want to to, to think about giddy jade up shay and dort respect to those players yes they are in a different tier but wiggins is not like there are games where jay will is more important than wiggins mm-hmm. um there are games where sharich plays very well and better than what Wiggins does. So I think that it's safe to say that those are players in the same tier. And Dignold just decided, hey, um, whatever Landale and um, Bionbo are doing to us, it's irrelevant. Let's not play that guy. Let's play Jada Moore, Mm -hmm. who can be a rebounding machine. Um, Let's... uh, see if Giddy can sustain the rebounding duties when he's the de facto center. And I mean, that's that's what happened. And the yeah. guys responded well rebounding-wise. They didn't yield too many rebounds. Um, so it's... They it's, won the rebounding battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that moment, I mean, even in, in those minutes, I think that they were pretty okay. They were flying around like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I think that it's not just, hey, we don't have good picks. It's part of the equation for sure. If you have, And it's part of the equation in the Billy Donovan discussion. I mean, I remember Billy saying, I want to have my five best players 
on the court. Yeah. And Steven Adams is one of them. Yeah. Right now, and this is maybe James Henderson's uh, comment, like we don't have any bigotries in the top five. And so it makes sense to just shuffle around. Yeah, the, but but the, you have to do it. It's Bismarck Biombo and Jacques Landell on the other side. And yeah. they did play them a lot until the Thunder yeah. forced their hand. Yeah. That's, that's my point. It's just that they wanted they were gonna play traditional bigs the whole time. Yeah. And the Thunder forced their hand. Yeah. Which which is a good thing. Which is something that you want your coach to say, okay. Um, we've seen, we've let's seen try it too. We've seen it too with New Orleans that they forced New Orleans into taking Jonas Valanciunas off the court. Yeah. You know that's happened every time they played New Orleans. You know, yeah. I mean, it's not just the Suns. It's not just this specific game. You know, they they have forced big men that are talented off the court, and I just think it's. I just love the way that Mark kind of experiments with stuff. And is yeah. willing to try just about anything to make it happen. I think that there are games where he doesn't feel comfortable enough, like against Toronto. Um, they were destroying OKC, rebounding-wise. And said, okay, yeah. if I lose the center, if I lose my rim protection, I'm just as good as done. Uh, yeah. Phoenix is not a team that will put a ton of pressure at the rim, which is very different Especially from with other teams. Yeah. yeah, and so you feel comfortable saying, okay, um, let's drift away and 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 do the things differently like having to play a jump shooting team uh compared to uh, a team like OKC who is dribble drive dribble drive mm. dribble drive um yeah. that is that leads you to different decisions so i think that this one hey they are they're just shooting let's just put more um quick and not as tall bodies against them and see what happens yeah no i thought it was really good I mean, and Mark had gone to Jeremiah for a few minutes. He went to Jang for a few minutes. He went to Trey Mann for a few minutes, all before he went to Wiggins. And mm-hmm. honestly, I, I think this is just how it's going to go. I think they're going to just keep trying everybody. I don't think that necessarily anybody's, quote, unquote, out of the rotation, you know. Yeah. And I think that Wiggs is getting the Kenrich treatment. Well, we know what you are, and you are pretty good. Let's. I gave you a contract. Mm-hmm. Just, just be kind with us and don't complain, and we will have a spot for you in the in the coming years. I think that is part of the equation. It it must it must be because he when he plays, he's just clearly better than so many guys. Yeah, I would agree. So the Thunder currently sit at eighth in the West. Wow, half a game half a game behind uh, the Golden State Warriors for seventh, a full game behind Dallas. For sixth, let me ask you a question, McKelly. Let's say the Thunder are in a play a play in game tomorrow against Golden State. They would go to Golden State for the game. They would go to San Francisco. Um, who would who would your be who would be in your eight man rotation? Wow. Um, let's see. Um, because I d- I don't think that you play twelve guys. <laughs> In a playing game, I think you maybe play nine at the most. Probably not. Um, the starting unit. They're probably going to start um, the same guys: J. Will, J. Dub, S. G. A. Giddy, Dort. Those are your five. Who off the bench do you trust? Uh, Wiggins, Joe, and probably Charge. Okay. And maybe, maybe I will try a few, a few times 
Uh, Lindy Waters. Yeah. I think that Lindy plays hard, which is something that I really love. Yeah. He's not super duper effective on defense, but he tries. And he's and big. He can make a few a few things happening here and there. Um, he is a guy that I think I would try, like like Dignall did yeah. last night. Yeah, he played see, 23 okay. minutes last night. Yeah, that's too much for a playing game. But it, suppose that he hits one or, or two of the first uh, three or four shots, yeah. then I, okay. Yeah, you throw, you throw him out there in the second quarter, and you just yeah. see, does Lindy have it tonight? And if he misses his first two threes, you pull him. And yeah. you play Isaiah yeah. Joe in that spot only. And if he yeah. hits his first, yeah. if he goes one of two from three, great. Let's yeah. keep it we'll, going. We'll keep ride shooting. with Lindy for a little bit. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's I think that's the right I think that's the right approach to this. This is where I get super bummed about Kenrich being out. You know, yeah. and also about the Muscala trade. I'm really bummed. Uh, the more I see this, the more I the yeah. more I think that with Mike. They would have snagged a game or two more. I'm fully convinced of that. Mike, even fits. even though Sharch is, I mean, Sharch wasn't great last night, but like he's played well in stretches. I, I might be on the minority crowd here. I would never ever make that switch, even if if it cost me two seconds. I just don't think it it's worth anything. Just I like the idea of having a big man that can play and it can move the basketball. Just, just give me shooting. Yeah. Just, which is which is basically our fundamental disagreement on. No, no, I, I don't disagree. I, I think wise. I think I mean Mike was very helpful to this team. I don't yeah. I don't disagree about Sharich versus Mike. I if I could choose, I would choose Mike. Yeah, I would choose Mike. Mike gives gives he's better. Shea something he's better he defensively have. than Sharich is. Yeah, he's he's a little bit more nimble. Than charges, which is, you know, kind of whatever. Yeah, but even if you say that he's a draw defensively, which is probably not offensively, I just think that OKC really needs what Mike has to do, which is a point of attack option yeah. when yeah, a pick and roll option, pick and pop option that Shea has, and right now it, that option is kind of gone. Jay will is not as quick, so they they are trying to use him to space the court in different areas. And credit to him, he's hitting shots. But you can see, I mean, if you look, um, if you take a look at the, at the way in which OKC is guarded right now, there are four men, uh, three men, sorry, that are away from their own um, um, assignment, which is the guy who guards Dort. The guy who guards Giddy and the guy who guards Jay Will. And then you see a guy that is guarding J Double a little bit closer. Mm -hmm. And this is what happens every single time. This is why Forche is so hard, which is incredible that he's so good at it. Um with Mike, that doesn't happen. And yeah. Shea has maybe an inch more, maybe two inches more. And that's and that's enough. I mean, with Dort, teams will likely try him and if it's one of those nights you may close out later like it was last night i mean when he is in a in a good uh, uh, groove shooting wise mm -hmm. he's dangerous when he's not i mean he's damaging so you just take your chances and, and adapt later yeah yeah i i think ultimately they wanted to get some value for mike 
mm-hmm. because I don't think he was going to come back. Yeah, that's, that's the point. I mean, if they had the impression that, hey, this is the last stint of Mike here and he would welcome a change of scenery, then do it. I'm yeah. not mad about the trade. Yeah. No, I'm not either. And what I don't like is that Mike's not in the rotation anymore in mm. in Boston. And, you know, hey, hold on. I've got a four-year-old. But, hey, you, you can have, you can have like... um. Grant Williams trying to to make the winning shot on the drive um, with no passing to anybody against Walker Kessler instead of having Mike Mike space in the court. <laughs> it was a great way to end the basketball game. I mean, it's uh, almost like finishing with a Dort layup when you have all the other guys on yeah. the court. What is happening here? Don't you even try to make a pass to Tatum or to like anyone else? Yeah, Hauser on the on the corner. Was it Hauser? I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, I, man, I, I would say this. I think the system that they run in Oklahoma City is fit for so many players. Mm-hmm. And it makes players look way better than they really are. And I think it's it's a testament to Mark and to Presti and to everybody that has, like, Put this in place mm-hmm. because you look at guys like there were even points where Darius Baisley looked like a good player under the system. You know, yeah. last year there was a stretch where Baisley looked like he was going to be a guy for this team. The way yeah. that he was playing defensively, the way that they were working him in on offense, you know, the way that Mike Muscala played. I mean, they, I mean, Mike in Boston now, if Boston tried to flip him, you know, in the summer, if he was still on a contract, like, you think they're getting two seconds for Mike? Like, there ain't no way. No. Send him in the rotation. I'm but just... It taking is, even Isaiah Joe. Isaiah like, Joe. I mean, yeah, uh, Phil's off in the in the chat. Isaiah Roby. Isaiah Roby. It makes... The, the The system that they have put in place makes guys look so good. And Isaiah Joe is like a perfect summation of it too because isaiah joe was a guy that was with a really good team last year mm-hmm. and what do they need they need shooting they couldn't find the right spots for him there's not as many shots to go around i mean isaiah joe got seven threes last night you know he took yeah. 10 shots overall he gets a chance to touch the basketball that's the part of it that i think makes it all work is that these guys Which get Which is a little bit necessary to to take shots, but yes. But you know what I mean? I mean this didn't happen <laughs> I know, with the, I know. This is why I know. this is why the, the previous era of Thunder, Viet Kretchy on handy train in the chat. Viet Kretchy at times looks like a player. You know, you plug any of these guys, even Isaiah Joe, into the Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant teams. They may not work. Yeah. They may not work. Wiggins, I don't know that Wiggins works because what your job is is on offense, stay in the corner. Don't move a muscle because we don't need you messing up what's going on here, which is Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant occupying the middle of the court and we have a big down there in the dunker spot. You know, we yeah, can't which ties with 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 the basketball philosophy. Yeah. that we discussed a ton uh, last week. And when when we see these things, um, I kind of remember that this needs certain ingredients 
Yeah. Um, but also that the Dagnold is is succeeding even with guys that are that struggle to make decisions yeah, or that are not totally. like elite decision makers. So yeah. it's it's amazing how far he went in terms of just one season and see the way in which they play. I mean, if it's been years since we were reading and hearing all the analysts, um, media, whatever, saying how bad it was, you know, you see in terms of playing style, that it was unsustainable. Yeah. And now you see this beautiful brand of basketball, which mm. looks uh, sustainable. And it looks that um, the result is higher than the sum of the parts. Like Without a doubt. It, which is what we are saying, like take Basley. Basley contributes to this team more than the value of Darius Basley. I mean, mm -hmm. same with other guys like Wiggins. Um, I don't know how much Wiggins play in, in Phoenix, for example. Yeah. For me, he, he should be not. better than, than than many players in that roster. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe, maybe because my perception of Wiggins is skewed by how OKC uses him. And the second he doesn't have the freedom to just create a little bit with the basketball just move around take a, a trip to the to the basket instead of taking just an open tree um who knows who that player is and so um i mean it's it's a huge credit to to this team and the position that they have in the standing right now i think it's it's a little bit of a reflection of, of what they did yeah. I mean, if you look at just the net rating, and I, I know you discussed it with Alex, I think um, it's it's insane. They're, They're tenth. still They're tenth in net yeah. rating, and if you if you filter out, you know, January first through now, I mean, they're a lot better than that, um, which is just crazy. It's just absolutely insane that this team is is where they are. I mean, they're fifth in net rating since January 1st. And they don't have a top five record since January. They don't, they didn't struck luck in this stretch from January the 1st. I don't think that they have like a crazy record. If you have the fifth best net rating, you should have like something like 65, 70% of, of wins. Yeah. They're 20. They, and they have the ninth best record. They're 20 yeah. and 15. Since yeah, which January is a good 1st. record, but it, but is not a super duper great record. Which is, I mean, to me, it signals that this team is good. Yeah, but they are not super duper lucky. Uh, some something may be related to their, um, they miss some parts, and and so they are more prone to to have opponents just having good three point shooting nights and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just not having luck. Which happens. I mean, if you look at other teams like Miami, they have a negative net rating and they have three wins more, four wins more than OKC. Yeah, they they played a ton of close games. Exactly. Miami has, and, and, and we know that. And this is one of the reasons why OKC didn't stick with the Chris Paul core. That team was not as good as their record. No, they had a great closer. Yeah. They had good veterans and they win. They won a lot of close game. Yep. This is not what is happening right now. No. No, this is a team like building towards something. And mm -hmm. you can feel it and you can see it. And yesterday felt like a moment with this team and this franchise and the direction they're moving.
This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f***ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Don Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, so let's talk about the upcoming road trip and the rest of the way and who, who they're, who they're going to play. So they play the Clippers twice, Tuesday and Thursday. Big, big games <laughs> for both teams because they're not – the separation between the two is not much. Like this, mm-hmm. If the Thunder could somehow – sweep the season series, which I don't think is going to happen. Oh, wow. If they somehow yeah. did, this could impact the standings for both, and the Thunder pick swap might actually come into play. Now, that's a pipe dream. They play back-to-back, still in L.A. against Los Angeles, so no travel. And so I'm interested to see what Shea's status is going to be for that game. I would guess he doesn't play, but yeah. who knows? I don't know. Then they play Sunday at Portland. So in those four games, what what is your expected what's the expected outcome? Cuz then things kind of soften up a bit. They get Charlotte and Detroit at home, the Pacers on the road, and they finish with a pretty difficult schedule depending on what happens with rest. 
with Phoenix, yeah. Golden State, Utah, Memphis. My guess is that there's teams that don't rest. I'd be surprised if Golden State rested. Um, and Golden State plays really, really well in their home arena. Uh, but this four-game road trip, what's your expectation? I think it's a great result if they do, if they just do two and two. Yeah, I don't that think it's a, a great, great result. Outcome. I think I think that's an average outcome. I think Portland sucks. No, it's 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 yeah. I I mean, and then it's tough I think to they win, can get one of the three LA games. Yeah, I think I think that that is, but that is a good result. Maybe not. It's a great, good great it's a, result. I think it's a I think it's a good result. I think it's an average result. I don't think it's a great result. I I agree. A great result would be winning two games in LA and just winning important. Yeah, yeah. If you got that, would be yeah. If you got one of the Clippers, if you split with the Clippers, beat the Lakers, beat the Blazers. If you yeah. can do that, the win then, against the Lakers is the most important because you yeah. can, you actually clinch the season series yep. against them and you knock um, knock them down some as yeah. well. Yeah. If, if they do that, they're going to challenge for the six. Oh yeah! If they go three, three and one, uh, then if they go I three mean, and one, they're challenging for the six. If they go two and two, they still could challenge for six, but it's going to be harder. I mean, every yeah. game matters down the stretch. Yeah, it's going to be a very, very, very interesting. You know, next four games. Honestly, I mean, tell me what their record is after these four, and I can tell you a whole lot more about where they're going to be. I think it, I would. I would honestly be floored if they didn't make the play in at this point. I think it's safe. I mean, it's um, a reasonable expectation that they might miss, but uh, it's reasonable to to say that they will go five and six the rest of the way. <sighs> and just close at 40 and 42. If they close at 40 and 42, I think they're in the play in. Oh, yeah. Me, me too. Me too. Um, I think they're in the play. And winning five is not easy. It yeah. means that you have to um, either be, I mean, you have to win at least one in the road trip, and then you need to win basically all your home games and probably another game against either Indiana or Utah. Yeah. Which is not easy. I mean, I think I fully expect Memphis not to play uh, the last game of the season because it's. Uh, it's probably a meaningless game for them. Yeah, it might. It probably. It, I mean, it depends on what happens with them in Sacramento between now and then. Yeah, because right now they're tied. Yeah, and if you're, I don't know if if you were Memphis, you'd probably rather play somebody coming out of the playing tournament. Well, I guess maybe not. I mean, if it's Golden State, I don't think that you're circling Golden State. I think you'd rather play Dallas, but. It'll be a meaningful game for Oklahoma City no matter what. I believe that. Yeah. Just because one game, well, it shifts everything. So, yeah. But honestly, this Thunder team is the most stable of the Minnesota, Lakers, Utah, Pelicans bunch. And it's yeah. because of Shea. Shea, he's the best player of any of those teams. AD may, may have something to no, say about no, that. No, no, no. On a single game, he might be. Disagree. But yeah. Completely okay. disagree. I think... We'll I, I hope I hope I'm wrong. You are You are wrong. Okay. He's a lot better. I said He's on, better a than single, on a single game. G give me Shea. Sure. 
Give me Shea. I I didn't say he's he's for sure better than Shea. I said that Anthony Davis might have a great game and might be better than Shea that night. Even if if he plays. If he plays, sure. Come on, you know what I want to say. I mean, you can if you get the Anthony Davis kind of night where he swats shots left and right and hits shots. It's for OKC is trouble because. I mean, playing against a good shot blocker is what OKC struggle against the most. Yeah. That is my point. Yeah. And I know that I have, a, like, a valid point. I may be wrong, but it's a it's a, an okay point to make. Yeah. I don't I don't <laughs> value the Lakers that much. I just don't think they're very good. I think the Thunder yeah. are better. Yeah, sure. No, Minnesota has a very difficult schedule as well. Very difficult. And, and they're yeah. missing their most important player. Yeah, and we yeah. don't know when Towns is coming back. I've got a four-year-old trying to move my seat. Um, so, okay, did you did you watch any of Arkansas Kansas? By the way, no, I I did not. I just watched the, the box score afterwards, and it was uninspiring. So I didn't feel the urge to watch it. But if if it yeah. is something that I need to watch, I will do tomorrow morning. It was it was a really fun game. It's not a great mm-hmm. game for the draft prospects in it because it was essentially just. Anthony Black guarding Grady Dick and him canceling him out on offense and then Anthony Black not being able to get anything going for himself. Hey, uh, which is the perfect encapsulation of of my thinking about Anthony Black, which is, hey, he's, he might be a great player, um, but if if I need something on offense, I may need to look otherwise. Yeah, I mean, the, or it elsewhere. Was, it was a great, it's a great argument for that, for sure. Also, Nick but it's Smith. also an argument against Grady Dick, I think. I mean, but, he canceled yeah. him out. Yeah. For the most part, he only took nine shots. Grady Dick. Yeah. Um, he was just all over him, and I and this could be a Kansas problem because they, they don't have Bill Self right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, he's just not even moving around that much. He just kind of stays on the right wing. And yeah. just kind of hopes the ball gets to him. And as Anthony Black just like shuts down that part of the court because he's six seven and has long arms, you know, it was just kind of tough. Uh a really tough watch if you're if you're tuning in for the draft prospects. Nick Smith was horrible. Uh Anthony yeah. Black was basically just a designated defender and Grady Dick couldn't get shots off. It just wasn't it wasn't a great game for that. It, however, it was an awesome game just for theatrics. It was so yeah. much fun. I want to see Jairus Walker. Jairus Walker is, of anybody that's played in the tournament, that's going to be picked in the top 10, top 15, he was the most impressive. He was yeah. just a beast, an absolute beast in the second half for Houston in their last game. Um, really, really good player. I'm I'm single dadding it today. If you can't tell, if you're not watching on YouTube, you should subscribe on YouTube because I've got a yeah. four year old climbing on my back during the podcast, and it is just a joy. This is a joy of parenting right here, and parenting yeah, when I, I can see when that my, when my wife has a doctor's appointment. <laughs> um. Any uh any other draft thoughts? Any quick draft thoughts that you have? Hey, don't climb on my shoulders. Don't climb on my um, shoulders. Um I think that the Brendan Miller story 
will be crucial in the coming weeks. He's totally. awesome. And so um, he, he is the best draft prospect. Hey, stop pulling my hat. Uh, he is the best draft prospect that's yeah. that's played. Like he he is definitely head and shoulders above everybody else. Yeah. And and it's going to be very interesting. Um there are new evidence, new stuff I tried to read. I don't I'm not like a legal person, so I and I for sure I don't know Italian's law. Um I don't know US laws. Um but that discussion and which team is actually going to try and, and pick him, it's going to be extremely interesting. And it will shape a lot in the draft because he, he is in place for two, uh, which which is something that was not uh, not clear up until a couple of weeks ago. And it seems that evaluators are kind of getting slowly back um, behind Brendan Miller and... Um, We'll see. That is uh, that is something that is way out of OKC's range. But hey, who knows? Who knows? Maybe it's the Clippers pick that uh, that gets them that that gets him there. All right, I gotta go before he starts to press every button on my board. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. Hope you guys have an awesome, awesome day, and we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday. <laughs> You stinker. You are a stinker. <laughs> oh, my word. <sighs> well, he likes your hat. Yeah, he does. He's, he's going to get tickled for 10 minutes after this. All right, okay, man. I'll let you go tickle him. Okay. Then. All right. See ya. Bye, guys. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.